0: This week on Detroit Free Press's Talking Lions, Dave Burkett and Carlos Menares talk about the Detroit Lions season, Matt Patricia, and the players, past and present, as December arrives. Here's the episode.
1: We're going to get our predictions on the record a little bit early this week, Carlos, because it's December, and, uh, well, we got a lot going on, right? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, look, uh, Lions coming off another loss, five straight. I um, think we've talked about that enough. Uh, now four, four, yeah, five straight, eight of nine. Not not a good stretch here for the Lions. And, you know, last quarter, Dave. Last quarter. Last quarter. quarter. But before we get to the last quarter, that not good stretch has led to a couple former Lions speaking out against this this team a little bit. Just you know, we saw Jace Billingsley uh, drop a a picture of of Bob Quinn and Rod Wood in a video, which I didn't you know completely understand. Um, we saw Glover Quinn today uh, just say that he didn't doesn't think the Lions have it in them, have a rebound in them because um, you know maybe they they don't like Patricia's methods, I guess. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know. Some of this comes with the territory, right? When you're losing and things aren't going well and it looks like, you know, there's, there's some questions about job security. You know, that's when people, you know, tend to come out of the woodwork and, and shots start to, to be taken. Um, but I don't know. How much, how much credence do you give some of this stuff? You know, Glover played for this team last year. Obviously, he was around the team a little bit and, uh, you know, came out to visit them during training camp at least. Um, you know, it just seems one after another. Some of these, these little things are, are starting to pile up now. You know, like you said, I think it's
0: it's kind of opportunistic. It's you know when the team's not playing well, there's a little sour grapes here from from Jace and maybe from Glover too. Um, you know, I don't sense it. I don't sense that the team is quitting. That it's that it's taking plays off. That guys aren't playing hard enough. Um, I, you know, I think maybe some guys are being smart about injuries and not you know. Going full bore. Let me go out there and you know hurt my groin even more. Who knows what, right? Um, but I always got
1: to go the groin, huh?
0: Yeah, I, I don't I don't. I don't see it though. I don't really see that this team is like quitting and and not trying as hard, and they don't have it in them. And we talked a little bit about this off camera. Um, and I, I think the one of the things that this team I feel like and Trey Flowers um, is kind of an example of this is one of these guys who just just is all about football. You know, He just he's always grinding, always working, always practicing, always, you know, uh, doing as much as he can. Um, the question is, do you have enough of those passionate leaders to step up and say, this matters too much to us. You know, we're playing for jobs. You guys got to leave it all out there. You are you know, you got to worry about your film for your next job next year, all that. I don't sense that there's that kind of passion in the locker room for somebody, to, the, the Drew Brees-like kind of guys, to step up and say, we can't have this. Um, that's the only thing that kind of worries me. Maybe that's kind of in line with what Glover's saying—that um, these guys don't have that rah rah. We're going to push through this. They're they're going through their paces, doing their work. I don't sense that
1: they're not trying. Um, Let mean, me read. I'm going to read Glover's comments here, just right. for for those who that didn't was, see it. This was, was it on today? Pat McAfee's show. Uh, a little podcast that the former NFL punter does. Glover was making the media rounds, apparently. And he said, right now they're struggling. They're, they're struggling, and it's not a great situation. And it's not a situation where, like, I don't know if they can fight out of it right now because I don't know if the love and the like for Patricia's style makes the players want to fight out of it. I think they're to the point where they're like, man, we're 3 8 and 1. You know, it's cold out here. Like, we've got four games left. Like, let's just get this thing over with. And I think that, look, that, you know, that. Frankly it happens a lot, right? In in life, in business, sure. in football and whatever. you you get to the end of the 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 season, the school year, you know, some of those you start to see, you know, we used to call my seventy five eyes, right? Back when, when players would, would drive out of town after the season and, you know. Um in fact we saw it a little bit on Monday. I I saw a lot of players carrying boxes. It just kinda of struck me. I don't know if they were packing up, um but it just it seemed a little early for some of that. And and I think that's um yeah, I don't know. I, I I think Glover's point, you know, he was part of this last year when it was really tough to get some buy-in for, for Matt Patricia. You know, the right. locker room did not buy in wholly to what, what right. Matt was selling. And we've talked about this plenty of times on here. You know, they went out and they turned over a bunch of the locker room. It's, you know, 50% of the locker room right now. Um, you know, in and, and uh, a lot of the guys they brought in, you mentioned Trey Flowers, Danny Amendola, these guys that – you know, they're just, they're not going to give less than maximum effort, you know, and, and it doesn't matter who who's coaching them, Matt Patricia or somebody else, but they they certainly have that relationship with Matt Patricia. So, um, you know, I, I think there's, uh, look, certainly there are still guys in the locker room that maybe aren't buying wholly into things. Um, and maybe some of those guys are in the defensive backroom that Glover was a part of. Um, <laughs> Who and, could you be talking to? No, no, I, I'm right. not talking about That's anybody in an particular. Sure, just I'm theoretically. Just, <laughs> in theory. <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, so I, I think there's – I, I don't I wouldn't discount what Glover's saying. I mean he was part of this and I think they're yeah. you know, there's you know, Matt Patricia's style is not for everyone. But I think you're right, Carlos, that, you know, what we've seen here the last couple of weeks, it's not like the Lions are laying down and giving no effort. You know, they're they're right. overmatched. You know, they don't have a quarterback right now, their defense is <gasps> still hasn't been playing very good. And that's no offense to David Ball. I just mean, you know, they don't have Matthew Stafford. They don't have that offense as a whole in and, and their defense has not been good all year. So I just I don't you know, they don't have a lot of weapons in the... They don't have a lot of bullets in the chamber right now to fight with.
0: Yeah, I, you know, um, and that's the thing. You look back at these games, and they're, they've been very close. They were three minutes away from beating the Bears on Thanksgiving, you know. Um, they lost late at Washington. They, You know, it's been... They've been close. And I, I think from from my perspective is... I just don't think either the talent is there, the scheme is there, the coaching is there defensively. You know, I think there's other things. I don't think it's the players. I don't think that you could look at this team. I don't think this is after the season. I don't think, you know, if Matt Patricia's still here and, Rob, and Bob Quinn are still here. I don't think they're going to look back and say, we didn't have the right players. Um, there's always roster churn, but I'm not. I don't think they'd say that. Lo- that locker room, the culture was wrong. It didn't have the yeah. let's fight through this kind of you know thing. I I, I think like you said. I mean, the 50 percent turnover. The, the, he pretty much has the locker room he wants. There's always going to be tweaks here and there, maybe in the defensive back room. You know, I mean, that's you don't know. Um, but there's I don't sense that. That I don't. I don't think Glover's quite. I mean, I think Glover may be speaking to some of his buddies. You know, who are still here, and maybe they kind of are giving him the the idea that you know yeah. well, we don't love Patricia's style um and that's fair i mean that they they may that may be true with some of the
1: players but i think when you look at 53 guys yeah. overall the majority i think they're okay with with no, who Patricia is this uh, year look obviously again not everybody's going to like everybody in an nfl lo- locker room you know coaching staff whatever media room Me- yeah i mean except for us we're beloved um but, no, I mean, it, it really is like, again, I I don't discount what Glover's saying at all because I think, you know, he saw a lot of things last year and he was one of the leaders on this team last year. Um, it it has been a little bit different. I, I don't think it's not fighting, but, you know, maybe it is. At the end of the day, like, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's a tough thing to, to understand because four games left, guys really are, you know, you you do at some point start looking out for the future and you start looking out for yourself and for, for number one a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think that's... It's fair to wonder if the Lions are in that situation right now and that's why we say hey there's no sense in Matthew Stafford coming back right um you know he has more important things down the road to play with and the Lions brought On Johnson back to practice today and now the the same argument applies like should the Lions even bother playing Carryon Johnson if he can get back for the final game or two so um yeah, it, there's a lot going on right now and with a bad team you know there's a lot of talk out there um a lot of a lot of noise and I just think we're we're in for another, you know, kind of a a long month here as we as we sift through some of that noise and try to get to the end of the season and see what becomes of Matt Patricia in, in this organization. Yeah, you said it. I mean, it's going to be
0: it's going to be uh kind of a death march at the end, you know, like who's who's playing for what, you know, the coaches, the, the players, uh the administration. You're probably going to hear more of this kind of stuff. Some more guys coming out of the woodwork. You know, uh guys who aren't happy and willing to you know, one and you know how it is, you know, once one person starts another person likes that comment and then they
1: chime in and they say something on Twitter and they
0: say, you know, Instagram. Glover well, well, even
1: said on the as the Lions tweeted out, you know, Carry ons returning to practice day. Glover tweeted it or you know, re- replied to it is on Instagram, not not Twitter. Um why? With the like three or four question marks. So, you know, again, and he's entitled to his opinion and I think a lot of people out there are wondering that same thing. Well, but,
0: okay, answer Glover right now. What well, should Carryon Johnson he can come back as yeah. early as the Denver game, second to last game. Uh December Look, 22nd. second.
1: I think uh Carryon Johnson and Matthew Stafford are two different situations, two different players, right? Like Carryon is um, I don't know what his future is with this team. I mean, I'm not saying that he's gone. I mean he's still the number one running back, but Bo Scarborough has played well in his absence. Carrion has been hurt. This is two straight years now. He only has two years left on his contract. He's a running back, so it's not like you're you know, you're trying to save him for his thirties, you know, his late thirties or the next contract or whatever, like like you, you may be doing with Stafford. So I think those are two different situations to me. If Carrion can get back and play the last two games of the season, it doesn't bother me at all that they bring him back. You know, whereas if, if Stafford is gonna be cleared for week seventeen, that seems Kind of pointless bringing him back. Where Carrion is not, you know, he's not Matthew Stafford. It's just the rules apply differently to different people in the NFL based on, you know, your stature, what you contribute to the team, and Carrion is not in that group of, of players like Matthew Stafford who you're looking out for their, uh, you know, long term, uh, you know, what they can what they can mean to this this roster.
0: Yeah, you know, I think you know, the, the, this this Patricia and Quinn. They need wins in a bad way, you know, and it doesn't matter. I mean, I I think they you're right. I think that Stafford makes he he kind of makes no sense. Although if you're looking at five straight losses and then you're you know whatever, if he can come back earlier, Alt six. They play the Vikings this week. Yeah, I mean it's six. It's it's you know it's it's mounting. Anything you can do to like stave that off to, you know, I mean they they do need that, and and if Carryon can help them. Yeah. With that, you know, I would even say right now, I, I who knows what the negotiation has been, what the talks have been with ownership, with with all that stuff, the, the the brass, the ownership, all that. Are we shutting Stafford down but not putting him on IR, uh whatever, you know. But if they if if, if they realize they need wins, you know, I mean a uh, win never hurts your case, Absolutely right? Not. So, especially if you can win at home the last game against Green Bay, something like that, you know, a little feel-good at the end. I don't think it should matter at this point. I think, you know, If they win out, if they go 4-0 and last season, it really doesn't matter. They're out of the playoffs. You're not going to make the playoffs. It's another disappointing season. I think that judgment needs to be made. You've seen what this team has done. It's been close. It hasn't been good enough. Two straight years, you know, you can make your decision there. You don't need Stafford to come back for the last two games and win two essentially meaningless games. But... Uh, someone like carry on um, I would put him in the same boat. You know, don't, he? He's had one knee, knee injury last year, another knee injury this year. Do you want him to get hurt, have a have a concussion or a back issue? You put him in the same boat of not playing him, not bringing not playing him. him because then you want him to deal with something else going into the off season that delays his,
1: you know, his, his readiness for the off season so program and all the, everything else. My thing is, I, but is he? What role is he going to play in this team next year? We don't know. He, he can't stay started, healthy. He's just, well. Ostensibly, he's the
0: starting oh, running back. You to, know,
1: to me, it's like he's in the Rashawn Melvin camp, right? Rashawn Melvin missed the last couple of games with a rib injury, so why would you shut Rashawn Melvin down? I mean, because
0: he's Rashawn Melvin, and,
1: and it's just the same there, thing applies no, to Carrion. Carrion does not have that stature yet. he's a second round
0: pick. I mean, there's an investment in him. We've seen promise in him. It's just, yes, you're right. Absolutely. He can't, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. So, but you never know. Maybe the third Stafford, right? First couple of years of his career too. He had trouble with injuries and stuff. So different position, but carry on. No reason, no reason to to risk him out there for what? Oh, he ran well against yep. whatever, you know, the Packers. He had 72 yards. Wow. How is that going to change? You know, let him, let him just you know, practice with the team is fine, get back more involved in the game planning and everything else, the study, the film, um, you know, have them whatever, and, and then next year just, just have them come at the off season full speed, ready to go, we don't need any, you know how it is in the off season. guys are like oh, something's going on, they're recovering from something else, and it's a little slow, and they're back slow to camp, and this and that, you know, just have them come fully healthy into the offseason program.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I, look, I can certainly understand your opinion, um,
0: I'm right. Just say I'm right.
1: Just, very, <laughs> very rarely are you right. So you um, want to see him back? I, yeah. I mean, if he's healthy enough to come back and, you know, practice goes well, bring him back. It I doesn't care. matter. I mean, doesn't, yeah, look, Bo Scarborough okay. right now is your starting running back to me. I would, you know, Carrion's going to get 10 carries if he comes back. It. I would, Rat. You ask, you ask Patricia herself. Could they compliment each other? And he's like, yeah, they might, you know, yeah. mean, different things. Teams have to, you know, sure prepare it. for two different styles. I think, you know, as you look ahead to next year... That maybe you have a nice little one-two punch in the backfield with with Carryon and Scarborough. I think Bo has done enough, you know, here these these last couple of weeks to that you can at least dream on it and say, all right, the Lions got a, you know they got the makings of a little nice little running game here. And again, you know, Carryon would be part of that. I agree with you. I think Carrion is their best overall running back. Um, I just don't think you know. What's he played? You know, twelve games, sixteen games in his career. I don't, I don't know exactly what the number is at this point. But um, I don't think he's played enough to where he's to the point where uh, he doesn't need that work. Uh, we don't, we don't know what his exact role is going to be. We don't even know if he's going to be the starter going forward. I would think that would be an open sort of competition. Again, in my opinion, he'd be the best back, but we don't know. Maybe maybe that's Bo Scarborough's job. Maybe that's how they want to run it. So. Um, it's just, look, Bo's, Bo's ran well. And, uh, you know, at the risk of reading too much into what he's done so far, I just I think that's a, a competition, right? I think Bo has, has played well enough and he fits the style that they want to have that it's at least, you can at least entertain the thought that, hey, maybe Bo Scarborough and Karrion Johnson together give you a pretty good backfield and. Who knows who's the one, who's the two?
0: Well, I think like they talked about earlier this year, they was what they were doing, was going with the hotter hands, you know, whoever was who's running well, running better, whatever, game to game, you know, which is really the way they should handle it. You know, that that makes a lot of sense to me. Yep. Um so, you know, those two guys, you know, uh, one two punch, you know, JD McKissick, you know, I mean I don't know if he's set on contract for next year, but um he's free, agent. free agent. I mean, that's another interesting guy, you know, your your scat back type guy, whatever, you know, Ty Johnson, Ty Johnson too yeah. and you know they have a they've promise there i mean that run game is that run game has been fairly respectable they're ranked 18th in you know yards per yeah. game and that's people wouldn't think that you know kind of middle of the pack but when you consider you know how poor the results have been you know they've still managed to run the ball even missing you know their yeah. starting running back for for a
1: long time all right so uh before we get on to the prediction in the game uh this weekend Minnesota Vikings Sunday in Minnesota um I want to get back to one thing that you said. You talked. You, you, know, you said uh, mentioned Martha Ford earlier, and who knows what those conversations are, are like with with her and Matt and you know Stafford and everything that's going on right she now. All those, yeah, all those all those conversations. So, how much do you think, just sort of tying in what we started the day by talking about those comments by a Jace Billingsley by a Glover Quinn? How much do you think that factors into um, ownership's decision, the front office's? decision when it comes to the future of you know this regime I mean is that something that you know when those little things stack up whether it's a player like Jace Billingsley who was a very bit player here for you right. know the, the two seasons he was here or Glover Quinn who was a much more important player for six seasons. Um, I don't know how, how much should those those weigh into the the equation when you know Martha Ford, Rod Wood, whoever sits down to, to figure out the direction of this organization at the end of the year. Not at all, I don't think. I mean, like you said, Jace, if if it was a star player, you know, it it would be different. But Glover, does Glover count as a star player? I mean, he was their best or one of their best defensive players for half a decade almost. You know, Jace uh, Jace does not count. um, Sorry, Jace. um,
0: Glover doesn't really count because he's not here. He's talking about the locker room right now, and he hasn't been here this year. Last year, if he had said it last year at the end of the season or whatever, you know, you could have— you could have said, "Well, okay, he was in that locker room. He knew all the players. Um, you know, I'm sure he has some idea of some of the players, but I don't. I don't think you know how it is. I mean, he's.
1: It's not. It's he very not. well made talks. I mean, look, when when we saw him in Texas and he came out to that Houston Texans practice, I mean, guys came off the field running up to him, giving him hugs, and right. I think Quandre Diggs was one of them who was not here. And Slay, you know, I mean, th- there were some guys that that certainly respect him. So, just being you know nine months removed." Um, I don't know if that means he doesn't have a, a pulse on what's going on here, but again Well, we also have to take into account that, you know, he was part of what was going on last year and You know things have changed since last year I think that when we talk to players a
0: lot about you know the future and stuff and decisions and all that they always say I mean whether it's been this regime or previous regimes they say, you know Those guys upstairs don't ever ask us, you know what they want to do whatever um, so at least with the Lions under the Ford family control, whether it's been Matt Millen or, or uh, Martin Mayhew or whoever it is, you know, Schwartz and May- yep. and all these guys, right, they don't really consult the players. There's too many guys, too many opinions, too much social, social media to keep track of. I don't think Martha, more accurately, Sheila Ford and Steve Hemp. I don't think they're really tracking what these guys are saying, and oh well, and even we talked about it a little bit. It was kind of hard to decipher where Jace was coming from. You know Glover's comments really weren't that. Uh, damning, I don't think, you know, just I don't know if they have the heart. You don't know because you're not here. That's one of the reasons. Well, he's saying he, because they don't believe in Patricia's
1: methods, essentially. Uh, yeah. But they're, you know.
0: he's, I mean, it'd be one thing if he backed it up with, I just talked to several players, you know, recently and they've said this to me. It's just his opinion. Yep. He just thinks, you know, which he, it was probably true last year, but so i don't think there's much weight behind that i don't think i don't think they're sitting there at the end of the day like well, who said what <laughs> oh glover said this on pat mcafee's show oh no they they've their decision is going to be based on the results yeah how how patricia has laid out and bob quinn have laid out the blueprint for what they wanted to do how f- close or far they've come from that yep yeah. and uh how much really trust you know i think in any any employment situation is how much do I trust you? You may not give me the results now, but do I trust what you're saying? Is there some, is there some uh, um, idea that like, yeah, you're, you're, what you're saying makes sense and the excuses you're giving me make sense. I can buy that. We'll keep going for this. Or
1: no, let's tear it all down. I think you hit on um all of the major points of what they should consider except for one or that maybe not what they should consider, but what will come into what will factor into the equation. It's not like on their whiteboard, right, the right and Ari Jace Billingsley what he said in the negative and you know Glover Quinn what he said in the negative. But the one thing that you left out, Carlos, was was public perception. And in a business and the apathy among the fan base and some of those things right now, I think that's the one thing that would worry me about you know, if I was, if I was in this regime, because there are just, there's a lot of, I mean, p- public sentiment has turned against, you know, this regime in a lot of ways. Sure. And, you know, I think a lot of that is due to what's happened on the field with the five straight losses in eight of nine. Um, certainly some of it is is still a carryover from last year. You know, you never get a second chance to make a first impression, obviously. So I think it all, you know, it sort of got off to a negative start and it's, it's continued that way in a lot of regards. And I think those, those little things, um, you know, the the comments by a Glover Quinn, I think that just factors that that feeds some of that that negative public perception. And too much of that, you know, it's not good for business. And, and you know, it, it's tough for and I know you've said this before, right? Um, ownership, you know, they're a lot more insulated from some of that than, than, than we are. And when we're in the midst of it and reporting on it and talking to the people that make those comments. But I do think, you know, when those little things start to pile up, you know that that public perception is the scale is so weighted against them that 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 you know that that is one of those factors at the end of the day you
0: know and let's not forget though while we're in the moment here with Patricia and all this stuff people were negative about Jim Caldwell too
1: and he was nine and seven and made the playoffs and you know I mean there's always going to be you know well uh, but it wasn't just Jim Caldwell and 18 games in or you know 24 games into Martha's Tenure as as you know, sole owner, as majority owner, primary owner. She fired Martin Mayhew and, and Tom Lawan. So, public perception wow. was they were one in seven, and that's a lot of you know. I think the reason why she acted when she did—embarrassing loss uh, on the road in London—came back, just couldn't put up with it anymore. Public perception at that time was like, get rid of everybody. It doesn't make any sense. They lucked into the making the playoffs last year. They were bad under Schwartz. They're bad now. And and Sheila and Steve Hemp wanted this to happen. And Rod Wood
0: was their hand-picked president, and they wanted to take over. And Bill Ford was pushed aside. This is a whole political Game of Thrones situation. It wasn't just they had a 1-7 and seven start and it was embarrassing. It was there was an external force pushing this to happen. It wasn't just, oh, these guys have had it, whatever. It was like Rod Wood was around the team before that, even before he was Certainly, president.
1: yes. For those who don't know, Tom Lawan was more of a Bill Ford junior guy you know i guess and Rodwood was you know aligned with i guess with, yes. it was yeah it was. But, well i mean i it, but it wasn't you know Tom Lawan came of power when you know William Clayford was still there right. but you know he was associated with Bill Ford junior i guess and Rodwood was associated with you know Sheila and and, and Martha Ford so that's what carlos means when he's saying you know the the different factions of power i guess yeah
0: it wasn't it wasn't just that you know we're getting rid of you know this guy because he's not doing a good job in mid-season it was it was it was a power struggle within the family of who gets to sort of take the reins and you know, during the end of Bill Ford or William Clay Ford's, you know, tenure, and he was in his 90s, he was in failing health. Bill Jr. was really in charge of this team. Sure, You know, he sat on a lot of, you know, high committees, the the yep. broadcast committee and everything, powerful committees. He'd been involved in the NFL for a long time, you know, and now it was Sheila's turn really to do this. Um, whether that's right or wrong, who knows. But um, so so that was part of that whole regime change. It's goes beyond Martha yep. Ford just being mad and firing people you know there was something more to it so that's the whole thing with this regime now is Rod Wood is Sheila and Steve Hamp's handpicked team president they're probably going to run the they're very likely going to run the team after Martha Ford's time is over so are you going to fire their first general manager and coach and start over is Rod Wood who's Rod, you know Riverboat Ron's out there you know I don't know I mean What's the next step? They have to, if they're going to fire Patricia and Quinn, they better have a really good plan in place already um, for the next step. So like you said, public perception right now, yes, it's negative and everything, but they're insulated from it. Do they really want to start the whole thing over? Or are they going to buy the excuses that Quinn and Patricia are going to give them? That's that's a whole nother. but you know what? There's no guarantee, right? It doesn't matter who you hire. I mean, it doesn't, there's nobody, nobody has the answer, even as much as they're going to tell you, you know, I'm the next Sean McVay. I'm the next whatever, you know, there's no guarantee.
1: I just wanted to, to read you one other quote here because what you said, it just kind of, we've talked about this before. We've argued about this before a little bit. And look, I, I think it goes for everything, right? Where there's a, you know, it's it's why Bob Quinn hired Matt Patricia. You know, that was his guy to begin with, right? Just like you know, Rodwood was, you know, Martha Ford's guy, or Tom Lawan was Bill Junior's guy. You know, whatever. So everybody has these these associations and these alignments, sure. and often that gets in the way of of running good business or or putting the right people in charge. But that's that's life. That's the world. But but since we've talked about this before, this was a, a quote from David Tepper, uh, Carolina Panthers owner, after he fired uh, Ron Rivera yesterday and uh, just talking about why jonathan jones uh monday morning quarterback uh said he, he asked tepper what he's learned from the times in his career he's made bad hires that will help him hire the right people this time around and he said get the best people in put them in the best position to be successful and when you don't think you can be fix it and that's what we've talked about a little bit when it comes down to sort of what you were saying was well are you going to get rid of your first hire like there's you know, being scared of of doing that. I mean, not to get into the argument that we had with our you know twenty five minute video last week or whatever. But David Tepper, very successful, you know, Wall Street guy, uh, you know, now owns the Carolina Panthers. That that's very that's that's what
0: it is. Hmm. Who all said that? Me, when basically. Were first hired.
1: No, but I mean, I th- I think that's what it is. Is that that's what it is, right? You. What would is scribbling this down? No. Right now. Like, wait a the the right point there. being that. You pick people because, you you know what, you think these people have the right thing to be successful, whatever it is, right? The right acumen, the right football sense, the right, whatever. Those people are going to be successful. Let me give them all the resources they need to be successful. When you realize that they're not going to be or can't be or won't be successful, you pull the plug on it. That's what David Tepper said. And I think that's what um, the point of what he was saying with, with uh, you know the, the Carolina Panther search. And to your point about, well, will they – Will they be scared to make a move because this is their hand you know, GM, their hand-picked coach? Um, I, I don't think that, that's what I'm saying. I don't think that factors in as much as you do that, oh, my God, this was my guy. I can't move on from him. I think it's a case of uh, if I still believe in him at the end of the day, and that's why I've said, Y'all wait till the end of the year, and the decision comes down to do I believe, that, you know, this, whoever it is, they can win. They can be successful in the NFL, win Super Bowls, win NFC championships, win playoff games, whatever, on a long-term basis. And if the answer is yes, you keep them. If the answer is no, you don't. You just have to, bottom line of it, that's the question that Martha Ford has to ask at the end of the day. And whatever her answer is, that's, you know, the decision is made. You know, and here, let me ask you a question about this and what to what,
0: you know, Tepper is saying a little bit is, you know, when Rod Wood got hired, he said, I'm not a football guy, you know, with the air quotes, but I know how to hire the right people. That's what I've always done in business is I hire the right people. Well, he didn't. If they fire Quinn and Patricia, obviously he didn't hire the right people. So then what gives you confidence that he's going to make the next hire? When when basically this was this was based on one idea and one idea only, let's do New England.
1: And now what? well I, I you know I would say two things to that 1st are not a
0: football guy,
1: <clears throat> right first, maybe you realize that you don't need to lean on Ernie Corsi or whoever to do your hiring you know you um there's some plausible deniability or whatever right that okay i I turned this search over to to these people, and this is the direction that they let me down to you know maybe i'm I'm now you know he's it's not like he's going to be involved in the football, the picking of the talent side of things, but maybe now he's has better contacts around the league to make some of those other decisions himself. Um, but beyond that, I, look just because you make one bad hire, and I, you know i, I don't i 'm not saying that rod is is you know saying this about the people in place that that he considers that to be a bad hire but i 'm just saying in general once you make just because you make one bad hire that doesn 't mean that you 'll make a second bad hire i mean i, I think there 's you have been successful in those hires in the past, and there 's reason to believe you can again look the 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 Matt Millen hire right everyone can agree that that was a terrible hire but you know what I think bill Ford junior when the hire was made like he was thinking outside the box he was trying to do something different same thing like when he brought Alan Mulally to Ford, right? I don't know everything about business, but he thought outside the box a little bit, right? He didn't, right. didn't get a car guy. So in football, he didn't get a standard GM. He went and they went and got Matt Millen. And then he wanted to pull the plug right away when he realized that wasn't working. Or I don't know about right away, but earlier then, you know, the move was made. And they didn't. You know, William Clay Ford you know, didn't want to make that move right away. And and maybe there were some other factors, you know, Joey Harrington, if that wasn't Matt's pick and, you know, they sort of gave him a little more leeway for that. I mean, it, again, there's other, there's lots of factors that go into it. But again, I think just because you make one bad hire doesn't mean that you're going to make a second. You just have to, when you realize that a mistake has been made, you have to correct it. The worst thing you can do is let that mistake fester. And so again, at the end of the season, that's just the question that Martha has to ask is are we, you know, Do I still have confidence, full confidence, in these people to take me to where I want to be? And if the answer is yes, she keeps them. If the answer is no, we move on. Do you think
0: that? Do you think that? I mean, you know, when Bob Quinn said, you know, that nine and seven was on him, and that it's not good enough, and they want to be a championship contender, whatever. Do you think they've taken a step back from that, or are they? Is there any way to think that they're closer to
1: that? Well, we see teams rise in the NFL out of nowhere every year. I mean, is this... See, that's... I mean, that's tough because ultimately what do you have to judge on besides the record, right? And 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 3-8-1, you're nowhere close to it. But I agree with what you said early on and we've talked about this before is that I think you know, on an, on an individual basis, I think there is some talent here, you know, and that's why this is so maddening to be 3-8-1 because if you look at the parts on defense, they shouldn't be this bad on defense. You know, Darius Slay hasn't always played great, but he's a two-time Pro Bowl cornerback. You know, Trey Flowers, he didn't get a lot of sacks early in the year, but he's been a pretty good player overall. You know, Damon Harrison, a lot better player than what he showed right now, um, you know, uh, in, in terms of making these impact plays and being a big-time run stopper. So I think, you know, there are some better pieces than what this defense has been as a whole. And, you know, we've seen the offense take a little bit of a step forward this year. So, again, <clears throat> at the end of the day, you are what your record says you are. Um, so are they closer? No. You know, you can't say that in any way, shape, or form. Um, record-wise. Record-wise. But um, that's, why it's, that's why it's tough. That's why this thing is so – that's why there's so many questions about Matt Patricia as a coach because if they're – if the pieces are in place if we think that some of the pieces are in place to be better than 3-1 then who else is there to blame and you guys know me by now right i'm not an excuse injury guy don't you know it certainly there's valid reasons why the offense has taken a little bit of a step back under matthew stafford but it's not like they were you know kicking butt before matthew stafford or from a, an overall team record perspective they still had a losing record so again that's why some of these questions come in that if the pieces are better, and if before we thought we were better than a nine and seven team, well, then why are we a three eight and one team now? And so those are the that, that's why a lot of this has been turned on Matt Patricia and saying what's going on, what you know, how much of this of the blame do you deserve for where this this team is record wise?
0: I think that I mean you know you say you, you and that's the whole thing you know say you are what your record says you are, but if they let's just say they don't finish six and ten, they finish whatever with five wins this year. They or four with the, or three. Or four or three. If they finish with the worst record than they did last year, do you believe this year's team was worse than last year's team? No. Not no. at all. Exactly. Yeah. So you, you aren't necessarily what your record says you are because you
1: can point to stuff like if they would had Stafford, they probably would have won the last couple of games. But you can't say that. If they have Stafford, you would have thought they would have beat Arizona. And they didn't. They had Stafford. So that's, I right. mean, that's part of it. that. Just because you have some of those guys, look, games are played differently it, sure. on both sides sure. of, the, of sure. the, the field in that regard. So, um, yeah, I you know I I'd, think I'd, like think I, I'd like to think they beat Washington better than David. Absolutely, I'd like to think they beat Washington if Stafford is on the field, but they didn't beat Arizona when Stafford was on the field, and Arizona is three eight and one just like the Lions. So, yeah. there's I don't think you can just make those assumptions and say, yeah, well, with Stafford right now, we're. Uh, You know, a 6-16. Well, I think what you do is
0: you, I mean, and this is definitely what, you know, Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia will have to do is say, listen, look at Stafford. He was playing at an MVP level, you know. Look at what Darryl Bevel has done. We brought him in, and he's he's re-energized the offense, and it was playing really well. Still has been playing pretty well, but even with Stafford, even better, you know, defensively, like you said. We have the pieces. We shouldn't be this bad. We need to add a maybe a linebacker or uh, whatever. You know, they get little pieces that they have. Yeah. Look at the close games. You know, look at there's no division in the locker room. People aren't aren't angry. They're not, you know, for the most part, spouting off maybe one player. So there's – you know the media. We have a better relationship with the media. You know, Matt Patricia's not out there fighting with you know slouching guys and whatever. You know, there's not the embarrassment. That's and that's it the wasn't kind me. of wasn't me. It that's wasn't the slouching. kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff that ownership is aware of. Is these explosive moments of they're viral. They go across the whole league, and then you know, owners or whatever call other owners and like, what is going on over there? You know, like I don't know, and then there has to be an explanation, and that's. Everybody's got a boss, even Matt Patricia, even Bob Quinn. And when things like that happen, it's a black guy in the organization. They've got to explain what happened. You know, it's, there's some, some, some damage control to be done. There hasn't been – we haven't had those moments this year. Um, so I think it's been a, a more calm, sedate – we have a plan – we're getting closer to that plan movement. Um whether that's enough or not is a whole different question for Sheila slash Martha slash Steve Um so we don't know. But it I think that I don't think that you are who your record says you are. I think it's a little bit more than
1: that this year. Well, we've got three weeks left to discuss all of those dynamics, I guess. So uh another long video today another long one coming Pretty next week time, i'm there. sure yeah i know it has been a long time i know <laughs> miss us there on com facebook live um but so, all right so let's 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 end it with this uh game this weekend minnesota vikings again I, you know i think a lot of people have sort of tuned out the the uh, you know the game sort of stuff by this time it, you know Which it doesn't matter if they no. if they <laughs> they win in a lot of people's eyes probably a lot of people won't even be watching the game just because that's uh, sort of the state of Detroit sports right now. Um, but Carlos, let's uh, get your prediction on record. Uh, going to Minnesota, the Vikings won. In fact, the Lions have have of their eight losses so far this year, seven of them have been by eight points or less. The the Vikings being the lone exception, that was the one game where they really got handled. I think it was a twelve point you know. Um, Outcome in the end, but I think Minnesota really controlled that game. Good team; they can run the ball with Delvin Cook. They've obviously got a couple good receivers. Good defense. So, uh, David Blau making his second start. Uh, who are you taking this weekend, and why? Well, you know, you got to take the Vikings. I mean, you know, we've uh, uh, they've had a good
0: season. Uh, what are they eight and four or something like that? I mean, they're they're right there playoff bound. For playoff sure. bound, fighting with the they're Packers like the, for the for the NFC North title. Um, they're at home. I mean, it's just it's hard to play there. You got to I, I, I think the over/under is like forty-three points. Vikings by thirteen, thirteen and a half, whatever it might be. Vegas expects a blowout. Uh, yeah, and I would expect it too. I mean, I think that uh, you know what? Here's the thing: is I, this is the kind of game that you know the Lions should play loose in this game. It might be closer than you think because this is one of those games. There, there's there's the Vikings and the Packers game, right? That nobody's going to give them a chance to win. If they win either one of these games, it's a huge feather in the cap. Look, we didn't quit. Look, you know, we stuck to it. We, this is a division game. They haven't won the division yet, all this, you know, stuff, right? So the Vikings are not unbeatable. They're coming off a loss. It's a short week, you know, and they're playing at home still. But um, they played Monday night, right? Yep, and they lost in Seattle. So um, I think it will be closer than people think, but it's still going to be Vikings. I'm going to say
1: 27, say 20. Okay, all right. Um So uh, you know, I I think my my prediction was 30-20 Vikings. So we're not all that far oh, okay. off in terms of the uh the score. Um you know, I I just I think this is a look, Delvin Cook is a little bit hurt. If he doesn't play, maybe that changes the run game. You know, Riley Reeve suffered a concussion the other day. Maybe they don't have their their left tackle. Um, you know, so I you know, there's a couple things in there that could keep this game close. Is healthy, um I don't know, has, he didn't play last week, you know he's really been hurt since the the first game here in Ford Field when stupid he got ball. hurt. Yeah, stupid wall. Um <laughs> had to ask Mike Zimmer about that today. Uh but no, I look I you know, I'm interested to see what David Blau can do in a second start and against a good defense, a defense that can be, you know, tough to diagnose at times. Yeah. Um but I think all that, you're right. Look, on the road, good opponent. Um, just the way this season has gone. You know, the Vikings they need a win to keep pace with the Packers, the Lions the season is, is pretty much shot. So I think it's thirty to twenty. Maybe it's not quite as close as that, but I think uh I think this is gonna be another tough one for the Lions to get. Unfortunately, six straight losses unless you're keeping track of your uh the the draft tracker and chasing Chase Young or six. whoever you want. Uh you know, maybe this helps in that regard. But Lions. I know they want to win. I know they want to get some, you know, good vibes going, uh, both upstairs, you know, in the locker room, everywhere. I just don't think it's it happens this week. I agree. All right. Well, that'll do it for us uh, here in Allen Park. Uh, again, long video, long discussion, but there's lots to discuss about the Lions these days. Mm-hmm. So uh, everyone out there, uh, enjoy your, your uh, as we get closer to the, the holiday season here, enjoy your holidays. And uh, Carlos and I will be back here, as always, uh, next week to discuss Lions-Bucks at Ford Field. That'll do it for us. For Carlos Menares, I'm Dave Burkett, Freep.com.